Well, good evening, TNL. My name is Jared Mackey. I serve as the executive director and lead pastor of this family of churches known as the Sacred Grace, and it's lovely to be here with you this evening. I would like to try something and begin with a poll. The question is this, what comes easier to you, obedience or trust? So just in the chat bar, answer obedience or trust, and we'll revisit that here in a second. As a kid growing up in church, most of the music that I came to know has very little in common with the sounds and the beauty of the music that we just heard and that my daughter has grown up with here at TNL. I so appreciate the value and the beauty and creativity that this community puts into music. But many of those songs and lyrics from my church childhood have a way of still sticking around in the corners of my mind. One of those songs is Trust and Obey. So Trust and Obey is a hymn. It was written in like 1887. Uh, this last week, Kenna was asking me, what's the difference between a hymn and a regular song? And I told her, well, a hymn is old, like me. Well, actually a hymn is just a simple song of adoration to God. So Trust and Obey was a hymn written almost a hundred years before I began singing it as a child. And I still find myself buzzing this tune at times when I'm working around the house on Saturdays. I'm not going to subject you to the pain, but it goes something like trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So the question is, what comes easier, trust or obedience? Now I must say that beyond the chorus is where my breakup with this song begins. With some of the lyrics like, not a shadow in the sky, not a, or excuse me, not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the sky, or not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear, or kind of the worst one, not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross. I begin to cringe at the song. And my soul begins to sigh. And I feel like the honesty of the doubts and the fears of those who followed the way of Jesus and scriptures may not have much in common with the lyrics of this song. And so this song, like much of the Christian tradition I was raised in, causes a considerable amount of difficulty for me around the topic of trust and obedience. So it's against this backdrop for me and maybe for you, and maybe some frustrations and resistance that we come to tonight's teaching text. But before we read the text, let's look at the poll results. Have we had anybody reply to my poll? Oh gosh, a lot. Yes. They're still coming in. Are we gonna, can we just keep it coming? Oh, it's fine, we'll, we'll revisit the poll. Where are we at currently? Let's give a, like a, a small. Obedience is winning by a lot. Obedience is winning by a lot. I love it, all right. Well, the teaching text tonight is gonna press us into what we think about trust and obedience. And we'll revisit our poll at the end of the night and maybe even questions that you have that come out of this talk about trust and obedience. Because at the core of the Christian life is obedience and trust. And so I want to ask that you would lower any defenses that you may have that show up with these concepts of trust and obedience and listen for the heart of God in the teaching text tonight, which comes from 1 John 2, three to six. We know we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. 
This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The word know is in the book of 1 John 38 times. To compare, the word light is used six times. Love is used 33 times. Now, light and love are obvious and clear themes of this book, but knowing is central to understanding this letter. The question as we read this letter is, what do they want us to know? The author of the book of 1 John, like the author of the gospel of John, are clear about their intent. They want us to know what we believe, and they want us to live into our beliefs. The book of 1 John says at the closing of this letter in chapter 5, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. It echoes very similar words in the Gospel of John, where John writes, I have written these things so that you may believe in Jesus Christ and believing have life in his name. So this letter is about what we believe and how we live in light of our beliefs. Now, the question that I never asked was what do I hear when I hear the word believe? While on a silent retreat several years ago at Sacred Heart, it's a retreat center just outside of Sedalia, Father Vince, who's the Jesuit priest there, was leading the retreat. And he encouraged us over the three days to reread the Gospel of John. But what he encouraged us to do was to insert the word trust everywhere we read the word believe and see how the idea of belief would begin to reshape and become more relational because the word that John would have used, believe, would have been far more holistic. It would have sound, sounded something far more like trust. And so I think this letter is about what do you and I believe? Or maybe more pointedly, what or who do we trust? I recently read a book uh, that uncovered another layer of understanding of trust for me. And so I wanna share some of those thoughts of that with you tonight. Uh, the book is this, it's David Benner's book, Surrender to Love. He has another book that I reread every year called The Gift of Being Yourself, but this book, Surrender to Love, put into words many of the like, incohate thoughts that were swirling around in my soul. And, and the book began to recast the ideas of trust and obedience in light of surrender. So Benner writes this, for many Christians, obedience is more familiar than surrender. By contrasting obedience and surrender, I do not want to put too much distance between them. Those who surrender obey, but not all who obey surrender. It is quite easy to obey God for the wrong reasons. What God desires is submission of our hearts and will, not simply compliance in our behavior. Those words were a scalpel to the story of my spirituality. My faith story has decades of obeying and complying, but never surrendering or trusting. This was Jesus's primary critique of the religious practices of his day. 
God wanted obedience that came from trust, a, a relational surrender, not just religious self-mastery and spiritual egocentricity. Yes, you can obey without trusting. I know. I've done often what has been asked of me without trusting. I think this might be the executive summary of my relationship with my high school basketball coach. I obeyed him. He was the authority. I never trusted him, which was unfortunate. It was unfortunate for both of us because when it came to trying to make the game-winning shot to send our team to state tournament, I missed. And not only did I miss the shot, it ended up in a relational disrepair in which he didn't talk to me for the two months after the loss until the day of my graduation. So somehow I had obeyed all the practices and drills, but it never led to a trust relationship between the two of us. And as I began thinking about how broken that relationship was, was obedience and no trust, there was my high school English teacher. I didn't always obey. Actually, I was more often in trouble for not obeying her than maybe any other teacher I ever had. But I deeply trusted her. I trusted her love for me. I trusted her love for every one of my classmates. And it was decades after my graduation that she and I would write our final letter to each other about hoping the best for each other. So I want to return to the question, who do you trust? Who do you obey? See, obedience has often showed up as the measurement of Christian spirituality, but too often it's missing the heart. It's missing the motivation behind the action. Obedience that's only willful determination brings God no more pleasure than it would any parent whose kid obeys them, but does so boiling on the inside. Motivation matters. A child may be obeying while filled with resentment to their parent. They may be doing the right thing, but internally the opposite of the desired outcome is being formed. Obedience void of trust will eventually lead to a hard heart and a rigid soul. Obedience without trust is, has no gravity. It has no sincerity. Christian obedience is different. It's based in a trusting relationship and a surrender to love. It's far more what faithful friends or spouses or families offer each other than what like a soldier would be required to give their superior officer. We obey God because his love for us has captivated our hearts. We see our lives as grace, as gift, and, and we receive all of this. We see the moments and our days as sacred and holy, and our awareness of the eternal and the extravagant love of God has grown within us, and that love becomes both the motivation internally and the expression externally. But without love, obedience is simply an act of obligation. Without love, without an abiding trust and a surrender, Obedience is, is nothing like the devotion that the father wants. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits, said sin is unwillingness to trust that God wants our deepest happiness. Sin is unwillingness to trust that God wants our deepest happiness. 
Until we trust this, we will do everything we can to maintain control and resist surrender to his love. I've come to believe that at the core of living an integrated spirituality is trust. It's the foundation on which our lives are lived. The question is, who do you trust? The clearest way to see who you trust is to see who you follow and model your life after. This is how one John writes. He says, this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So Jesus, this mystery of the full divine and full human is consistently saying to his friends and followers that he is surrendered to the direction of God. His prayer in the garden is the summary of this posture when he says, your will be done. So Christian spirituality is following the way of Jesus and the way of Jesus is one of surrender. It's one of trust and obedience. At that silent retreat years ago, Father Vince said, the doorway into anything meaningful in life is trust. If you think about your life, everything meaningful in it is because you trusted someone. It may have been trusting a friend or a family member or maybe trusting yourself. It was a doorway that you stepped through. It was something that you acted on, that you, you trusted and obeyed. I naively held this concept that trusting God was like this one-time event that I too often considered that it was something that I did long ago in my childhood when I was listening to those songs that now make me cringe. But trust and surrender and obedience and love, these require the totality of our lives. Following the way of Jesus, to walk as Jesus did, to live as Jesus did is a process that I give myself to daily. And when I recognize I am not trusting or obeying simply out of obligation, instead of devotion, I'm invited to simply return to God's love. And again, surrender to his love and will. So I'd like to take a moment and for you to consider a few questions as we move towards communion and conclude this evening. The first is, who do I trust? The second is, am I obeying from a place of surrender or from a place of obligation in my relationship with God? And then the third and final would be, what doorway may be in front of me this year that I could step through and trust more in God's extravagant love? Would you pray with me? Father, may we not only be children who obey, but children that trust in your love. May we live our lives surrendered to your extravagant, eternal, and endless love. And may we obey as your daughters and sons who trust that you want our deepest happiness.